Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 412, Your Impact on Yourself and Others. It's February 13th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and whatnot. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. There is no longer any music for my podcast intros or outros. I request and invite you to join the movement, get other podcasters and social media content creators to ditch the music when combined with voice, because that would be very helpful to people who have hearing loss or who are hard of hearing. End of non-musical intro. Your impact on yourself and others. Oh, this is a very interesting topic, but before I dive in, enter my giveaway on my website, download my (laughs) emotional processing workbook while you're on my website. As I mentioned in the intro, nothing I say in this podcast or any of my content in any format is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice. I currently have podcast transcripts on my hosting platform, rss.com. That's likely to change. I'll keep you posted. I'm just not happy with the format and we're working to fix that. If in listening to this podcast right now, you are either feeling suicidal or you have been feeling suicidal or life is too hard for you, I'm asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. Your impact on yourself and others. This has the potential to be so rich, people. It really does. But I'm going to take a sidebar note and say, if you, listening to this podcast right now, have been struggling or you're in survival mode, or you kind of just barely get through the day. I'm not sure this is the podcast for you. It Part of it could be helpful, but my bigger hope is that you get in the trenches and get out of survival mode. So there might be some other podcasts that would be much better for you. Being in survival mode is extremely common. <laughs> I spent years in it not knowing because I was very functional (laughs) in survival mode. But I'm just saying this might or might not be the best podcast for you. So there are other podcasts, though, on survival mode and struggling that might be more beneficial. Now, I'm going to start this with the impact you have on yourself, which I don't know if I've ever heard anybody talk about this. I don't know. But the question I have for you is what impact do you have on yourself? I don't know if you've ever thought about that. I think about things like that. Uh, Well, of course, because I was reading an assertiveness handbook in junior and high school and then another very adult self-help book in 10th grade. So I thought about a lot of things based on what I was reading and based on who I was talking to. So this is going to depend on many, many, many factors. What you think about yourself, however, is going to be the driving factor for your emotions about yourself. 
we have learned in the research that thought precedes emotion. So before an emotion shows up, there's a thought that preceded it. So what do you think about yourself? What do you think about your life? What do you think about your skills? What do you think about, you know, your imperfections or where you had planned on being or what you wanted to do versus what you're doing? Like, what are you thinking about yourself across the board and in different areas? What we know from the research is that statistically speaking, 85% of the population, of the world's population, does not feel good about themselves, does not feel worthy, does not feel deserving, does not feel good enough, does not feel loving. That's how, according to the research, 85% of the population feels about themselves. Is that you? I don't know. Some people have self-esteem that is bound up with or attached to their job, their spouse, their house, their car, their money, or something else. And when those things happen to disappear, their self-esteem tanks. My question for you is, have you ever paused to consider you know, what you think about yourself and how it is impacting you? I think this is the best place for you to start because it's it's painful sometimes to watch how some of you, you know, that's saying, are you your own worst enemy? Well, some people are their own worst enemy and some people are so cruel to themselves. It's actually painful to hear or painful to watch. So I don't know where you are about this. But if you come to understand that you don't feel good about yourself, I would put that on your list. Put it on your list and get to work on it. You can handle that. You can take care of that. That, by the way, has been done since the beginning of time. Moving from not feeling deserving, worthy, loving, lovable, all that stuff has been done. And people have moved into feeling good about themselves since the beginning of mankind. No lie. You can go look it up and see all these quotes from famous philosophers, writers, and leaders. But commit and be all in. Now, I would suggest that you use my emotional workbook because that's going to be helpful. But the way that you view yourself, the way you treat yourself, the way you take care of yourself or don't take care of yourself, in my expert opinion, has incontrovertible or indisputable impact on how others how you see others and how others see you it might not you might not think so and you don't have to agree with me but i promise you i promise you how you see yourself impacts how you see other people and i almost i also promise how you see yourself can impact how other people see you and it's, it's a mixed bag so there's a good place for you to start is how do you see yourself how do you see yourself and if it's you've got low self-esteem put that on your list Get it handled. All right. The, the next area of this is the impact you have on others. Is that something that's in your awareness? It may be in your awareness or it may not be in your awareness. Like, I don't know. How do you leave people feeling? What is the impact you have on others? other people now some impacts are intentional some impacts are unintentional and sometimes the impact you have on another person has nothing to do with you 
zero. And this is important. So for example, if someone is triggered by you because of how you look or because of your accent or because of, you know, whatever, your happiness, something, that's them being triggered. That's not something bad about you. Like, that's, that's not necessarily in any way a reflection of you. Now, the same thing applies if someone is jealous or envious or resentful of you because you're a nice person or because you took care of Aunt Betty for 13 years when her kids wouldn't or because you're just like a, a successful person or because of whatever. You did nothing wrong here. So the impact you're having is not a direct reflection of your actions or anything intentional. People can get jealous, angry, and resentful like over nothing. You don't have to provoke them. <laughs> like you don't have to, you can stay far away from them and they're still angry and resentful. So the part of this piece is being able to separate the wheat from the chaff and decide if there's anything of value. When someone tells me, when I've worked really hard and like broke my neck like really worked hard that I'm not good enough my best wasn't good enough and blah 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 I just kind of make it sound like Charlie Brown in my head Charlie Brown seizure because guess what my good enough my my best work is like is good enough and I'm good enough as a person and BS on anybody who's going to try to tell me anything now I don't say that to them usually <laughs> I have said that to them, different people, but but I'm usually very polite because I try to be tactful people. I, I'm the get-along girl to, this, to a degree. So I'm not trying to minimize this, but I'm trying to point out that there are other things to consider when you're looking at the impact you have on others. You have your behaviors, your statements, your actions, your communication, how you're being, things you did, things you didn't do. My point is, you don't have to do anything wrong or be a bad person to have haters. Now, I am suggesting that if you are feeling unworthy, not good enough, not lovable, that, that that's, that's skewed thinking because you as a human being born into the world, you were born good enough, you're born deserving, you're born lovable, and that is something to get over. That's my opinion and my stance, of course. I do have a little bit of backing on that. Now, if you're doing bad things, number one, stop it. Just stop that stuff. And number two, go clean it up. I am not a fan of people who do bad things. Now, unfortunately, we have people who do bad things who think they're amazing because they lack self-awareness. All right, so let's look at what are some of the impacts that you potentially could have on other people on the positive side. So we're going to start with the positive side. So, and this is just a, not a terribly huge list, but... Uh, one, leave them feeling loved. Two, leave them feeling appreciated. Three, inspire them. Four, motivate them. Five, support them. Six, encourage them. Seven, console them. Eight, make them chuckle. Nine, brighten their day. Ten, show them you have their back. Be reliable. Eleven, help them when or where needed. 
12 validate their feelings 13 be trustworthy 14 be authentic which boosts trustworthiness 15 be reasonable and fair so those are some positive impacts now on the negative side not that you want to impact anybody negatively however you could listen to this list and say mm, do i do any of those things on on the downside these are the things that are going to give you a, a non-stellar impact one judge them two criticize them or condemn them three lie about them lie to them four gossip about them five be a flying monkey and stab them in the back six just dislike them seven ignore their needs eight demean them dismiss them or belittle them nine be negative ten laugh at them 11 undermine their efforts 12 be jealous envious or resentful and 13 have unreasonable unfair or over-the-top expectations that's just a few now i know people who've done all of those all of those negative things who are so full of themselves that they completely lack self-awareness they would never say they do those things so you know, you having an impact on yourself and you having an impact on others. And then there's like having an accurate self-perception. So are you doing any of those good things or bad things? I don't know. Now, someone who could be the impact you have on someone, it could be the impact could be that they are projecting. And I have a whole podcast about projecting. That is a very valuable psychology basic term to know people. It's extremely helpful if you can sort out that someone is projecting. It's, it's so valuable. I can't even express how valuable it is. Now, the, you know, that when people lack self-awareness and they're projecting, you know, you're the bad guy. You're the fall guy, often, usually. And they're clueless. They are literally clueless that they are lacking self-awareness and they're clueless that they are projecting. So, and this will also happen, by the way, when a person has, has a diagnosis of being a narcissist, a psychopath, a borderline personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, and other forms of psychopathic or psychopathy. And by the way, many of those people who have a certain mental health diagnosis are outright dangerous. You should not be messing with people, certain people. They're, they're like literally dangerous. They are literally dangerous. And I do have a podcast about dangerous people. I'm laughing. It's not funny. I'm laughing, but that's probably because I'm alive. I'm laughing because I'm alive. Um, I, I would run from those people. And those people, you don't want to consider someone's opinions or the impact that you're being told you have if they're projecting. That's like you know okay if you're the scapegoat in a situation or in a double bind or you're the black sheep also you can just ignore those people like ignore the man behind the curtain if you're the scapegoat or the black sheep or in a double bind situation skip don't even consider the impact you have because it's bs it's total they did they're doing the down and dirty on you they're, they did you dirty and so you know do you care about the impact on someone who's basically an abuser? No, you keep working on yourself. So another area to look at in this, what impact you have on others, or another way to get at it sometimes, is to look at 
how you make people feel. And you may know how you make people feel. You may not know how you make people feel. Sometimes one way for people to get at that is to look at how you feel around them. Now, they may not feel the same way around you, but you're going to have to kind of like tease out some situations. And that's one sideways glance way of looking at it. And by the way, this is an uncommon topic, in my opinion. And and unfortunately, I did a podcast about what are you not saying. We There are so many things in society we're just not saying. We're, just, we're not telling the truth for starters. We've abnormalized. We've, we've made bad behavior normal and good behavior abnormal. But, you know, teasing this out or being able to look at this when your life is in a reasonable position is a good thing or it can be a good thing. So when I was in college, I was given a, a book, a copy of a book, a child's book called The Velveteen Rabbit, The Velveteen Rabbit, which I was unfamiliar with. I had never heard of that story. I had never read it. And the inscription on the book said, thank you for making me real, which was given to me by a friend. So I was like, oh, thank you. But I couldn't wrap my head around it because I had never read the book. I, I probably looked like an idiot at the time. But anyway, I did read the book later. And then I read the inscription again. And then it all made sense. It was so deeply humbling and so deeply moving that this friend of mine was saying, thank you. Thank you, Lisa Lundy, for making me real. Like for loving me enough to make me real. I, it was an incredible incredibly moving experience and we don't have those experiences very often I did I did talk about one other thing here or I'm going to talk about one other thing here so uh, and I mentioned this in a podcast on death I think but but years ago uh, before my mother passed when she was quite well she was very well she uh, wrote her own obituary and I used to go see her almost every day I went to see her actually every chance I could and uh, she told me one day that she had written her own obituary and I said oh isn't that cool can I read it she said sure so she gives goes and gets it she gives it to me I read it of course I tell her it's beautiful it's amazing it's perfect and about six seconds after I said it, it was perfect to her. I said, and can I have a crack at it? And she was laughing and she said, yes. So I took it home, rewrote it. I mean, I kept her basic details because the basic details she had written are the things that she wanted to say about herself. She was born to these people. She had these kids, the, the, the data. It was the data. So I left her data because that was the data she wanted. And then I took and added in who she was as a person, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy that she was always doing, how she made people feel, and, and just it gave her the color of her personality. And you knew from reading what I had written who she was. You could tell who she was as a human being. So I go back to see her the next morning, give her the my version, and she reads it and she looks up at me and she said, Lisa, I could never say all these nice things about myself. And I said, well, mom, number one, you'd be dead. 
So that's off the table because you'd be dead. <laughs> She's laughing. She's like, okay. I said, too, not only would you be dead, but you would not be the one saying these things about you. It would be us saying these things about you. And she said, oh, that's true. And then she looked at me and she said, well, I couldn't say all these nice things about myself, but is, is this, like, does anybody think this way? Is this how people feel about me? And I looked at her and I said, yes, mom, this is, this is how people see you. This is who you are for people. And it was the most magical, precious, amazing moment to be with my mother when she was physically, mentally, emotionally well and have her see like her kind of life's work embodied in the description of who she was. We don't do that with people. I do recommend you do that though if you if you have anyone who's sick or terminal or elderly parents or what have you, do it. But some people will let you know. Some people are going to let you know that's not that common. It's just not that common. <laughs> and there's a lot of research in this whole subject, which I just, there's so much research. It's so all over the place. I just left it out because you can get the point of what I'm saying without some research study because I'm not trying to direct you. I'm trying to engage you in this whole process. Now, when I was looking through the research to see if there was anything worth mentioning, I did aggregate. I aggregated several different lists of traits that make you memorable. So if you were interested in being memorable to others, these are the traits. These are the top 14 traits that would have you be memorable. By the way, I am not saying you should shoot for being memorable. You should shoot for being your authentic and real self and being with people who appreciate you for being your authentic and real self. So number one, reliability and trustworthiness. Two, optimism. Three, tenacity. Four, resilience. Five, connectivity. Six, self-esteem or self-confidence. Seven, respectfulness. Eight, authenticity. Nine, passion. Ten, sense of humor, which was listed as unique sense of humor, so I'm not sure about that. Empathy. Twelve, humility. Thirteen, being present with others when they're talking. And fourteen, kindness. So that's an aggregated list if you want it to be memorable. I don't know if you want to be memorable. I personally don't care about being memorable. I'll tell you what I care about uh, very shortly. Now, before I give some examples, which I would like to do, I, want, I really want this podcast to have you thinking. You thinking about yourself and you thinking about your life. Some people are going to remember you a long time after you're gone for good things or for not so good things. And considering the impact on others is a good thing but here's something else to consider while you're in this genre of looking at yourself and your your impact on yourself and your impact on others is this book uh, written by Bonnie Ware W-A-R-E who was an Australian or is an Australian nurse who wrote a book um, after caring for dying patients about the top five regrets of the dying so there's a book you can buy by Bonnie Ware, a nurse, on the top five regrets of the dying. Now, so here, this is a, something for you to consider as you're going through life. I wouldn't wait to the end 
Like, I'm not a fan of regrets, people. No, no, no. Don't, don't have regrets. But here's the five regrets of the dying, according to Bonnie Ware. You might find different things, but this is from her book. One, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Five, I wish I'd let myself be happier. Those are things to consider about the impact you're having on yourself and the impact you're having on your own life. Now, as far as, far as impacts, before I give you some last comments, I have to say there are intentional and unintentional impacts. They, they are all over the board. And, and the more you understand people and the differences in people and the differences in way people think and how experiences shape us and whatnot, the more you'll understand that you may have a desired impact that, that may fall short. So, for example, so number one, I intended and did start a Toastmasters gavel club in Buffalo and then later in State College so that my children could make friends. <laughs> now, I, I have a DTM Toastmaster, and uh, my kids were going to Toastmasters meetings when they were like like three, five, and seven, or they, young. They were very young when I didn't have a babysitter, as a, and I was club president or whatnot, some officer. There were occasions where they, they went to the restaurant sat at their own table and actually several times participated at the meeting but anyway I started to gavel clubs so that my children could make friends so the desired impact was my kids being around other kids to at least have the opportunity to make friends now I ended up I ended up being impacted by how inspiring and how committed these these young people were in their speeches. It's like the most amazing thing I've seen probably in a lifetime. It's like unbelievable. And the parents were, I mean, it was like, it was a moving, unbelievable experience. And one of the young kids from the State College Toastmasters Gavel Club, I saw him maybe 10 years after. And when he realized it was me, he said, oh my gosh, that was the most memorable and enriching and, and valuable experiences of my childhood, participating in the Toastmasters Gavel Club. I was like, wow. So there was the intention and the intended impact, and then there was a completely different impact, with it partially being the, the ripple impact. So another example is I made my children be nice to each other. I made my children be nice to each other from the time they were born till I didn't have control of them anymore when they were on their own and not under my control, which, by the way, I cover in a podcast titled Making Your Children Be Nice to Each Other. So the impact was simple. Have my children grow up in an environment where they appreciated each other, loved each other, respected each other, and supported each other no matter what. Now, that was the, the, the impact 
and and I could not believe it. I still actually can't believe it that this way of me raising my children was completely triggering and upsetting for other people. Completely. I took more heat and BS for that than I would ever care to recall. It was nasty, actually. And I luckily have a backbone. <laughs> luckily, I've had a backbone for a long time. And I would just say to people, oh, well, thank you for sharing that. I am happy with the way I'm raising my children. You don't have to make your children be nice to each other. You can do it differently. But of course, see, the reason they were upset is because my way of raising my children was not validating what they were doing, which was letting all chaos and hell break loose. But I was surprised about the negative backlash because I was doing something good. And, and anyway, so herein lies the issue. You can do something completely good, completely minding your own business, and people are going to give you grief for it. Or the impact on them is going to be negative. Like I also got a little grief because I had, um, oh, I think it was a party. with I had the, kids, the kids had a party once we moved to State College. Well, we were actually living in Port Matilda. A again, from having kids over from the youth group so they could make friends. Friends are very important. And I wanted my kids to make friends. And when you move, it's hard. And I took grief from that from one or more parents who didn't do anything to help their kids make friends and their kids didn't have any friends even though their kids were in the same public school district forever. So there's no excuse there that their kids didn't have friends. But notice I'm doing something good for my children because I believe I know the power of friendship and social connections and I'm taking flack from it because people feel they're not being validated. Well, I wasn't actually validating their parenting methods and I didn't care, but that's not the impact I chose to have. It's just the impact I had un unintentionally. And I could, I could go on and on. I think you get the point that there will be a ripple effect. There will be some negative possible uh, impacts that you don't intend. Now, I tend to be more of the kind of person to tell people the impact they've had on me. Like there was this really... Uh, nice person I'll leave all details out but they gave me a new dream they helped me change they, they really helped me in a number of ways and I let them know that now does that make a difference well who knows I don't know if it ever made a difference but I do try to express when I can the difference people make for me or the impact they have the impact I would love to have on people and my intentional impact would be for people, other people, to see how special they are. I would love for people to see that they're worthy and they're deserving and they have value. I'd like to leave people feeling inspired, loved, happy, and seeing their own greatness. That's my goal. That's my that's my end game, as those of you who are following along know. That's but that doesn't always happen despite good intentions and for reasons I've already covered previously in this in this podcast. So am I sorry I started two gavel clubs? No. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing and the kids would agree. Was it 
reasonable that the impact was negative on other people? No, that's not reasonable either. That's their own stuff. I'm telling you, you've got to be able to separate when people are jealous or envious or now they're feeling insecure and inferior as a parent because they're not doing diddly for their kid. That is not my problem. And I will not be responsible for someone's beating themselves up and, and being small when they're like not doing anything for their kid. Now, when it involves a narcissist or a psychopath, absolutely, or garden variety abuser or anybody, no, you just, you leave them alone, get away from them. We are not concerned about the impact you have on them. Because if you go have a good life and you've been involved with the psychopath, let me tell you, they are going to be in a rage, not, not furious, in a rage, because they didn't crush you. If you go have a great life, after narcissists, psychopaths, borderline personality disorder, certain mental health issues, they are going to be in a rage because it's like a mortal wound to them. So my suggestion is you begin to explore what impact you have on yourself. How are you treating yourself? Are you doing your self-care? Are you, are you being kind to yourself? I don't know. I, I, I know a lot of you are not. I know a lot of you are not, sadly, but hopefully some of you. And then, what is the impact you have on other people? It's contingent on too many things to ever dissect. You know, their experiences, your experiences, the way you think, the way... But notice this, and you can put into your life... Well, first of all, hopefully you're going to put into your life that you're going to be nice to yourself. That the impact you're going to have on yourself is good, as opposed to negative as opposed to mean, as opposed to cruel. And then you can expand into the impact on other people. So that's my thoughts. I'm, I'm very blessed that I've had certain experiences. There were a lot of other examples. I just stayed to a few here uh, where I got to see who I was for someone or someone got to hear who they were for me. I actually just told a my seventh grade science teacher last week after we found her, who she was for me in the seventh grade. And it was very touching, very moving. I am so grateful. I'm extremely grateful that I was able to find her and be able to express to her who she was for me when I was in the seventh grade. Like it was, it was just very, to me, this is what life is about in a nutshell so i do love you i hope that gives you something good to think about hang in there for now that's it i'm lisa lundy saying thank you for listening to my love life podcast episode number 212 the impact you have on yourself and others i certainly hope you will share this podcast on social media get other people engaged in thinking and self-aware let's wake people up on how to be happy and have a great life i do love you i hope you're going to start having a good impact on yourself I do love you. Hang in there for now. That's it.